Welcome back to the Sales Influencer Series. My name is Jeremy Boudinet. I'm the Director of Marketing here at Ambition. Our guest today is Ryan Taylor, Sales Manager for Constant Contact. We're excited to have him on. And the focus of today's conversation is going to be modern sales coaching, philosophy, practices. How do you get through to young reps, keep them energized, prevent them from burning out, and get insight into how they're performing and how you can coach them up faster than ever before. This is actually the uh, the first company that I came to straight out of college. Um, I was an online marketing consultant here. I did very well in that role. I just started as an absolutely green sales rep. It's really funny. The manager that hired me told me in the interview, we always do a mock sell in the interview. He said, I might as well have eaten the pen <laughs> that they asked me to sell them. So I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I have a philosophy. You always got to be the most coachable person in the building. And if you are, there's, there's no limit to what you can do. So I moved from, in the, my first year, um, I became the rep of the year in that online marketing consultant role. I moved into a sales coach position after that. Um, tried to learn from everybody that I could, no matter who it was, um, other coaches, managers, reps on the floor. Uh, my first two years in that, I was coach of the year both years. And now I'm in, coming into my second year of management. Now what I do, I work with our online marketing consultants. We've got a team. It's mostly uh, it's mostly a younger team of people that they're usually coming in where this is their first sales job. Our job here is to set up customers that are small businesses. We're trying to set them up for success. So we help them with their marketing efforts. We ensure that our tools are going to help them drive real business results. So that's kind of what the team looks like. And that's what our, that's what our goal is on a day-to-day basis. Let's go a step back. Went to Colorado State. What drove you to this profession? Um, my number one thing is I'm one of the most competitive people that you'll ever meet. So I was trying to look for a career where I could come in and just, just compete with everybody and try and always be at the top. One of the things that drove me crazy working in different jobs through college is I hated putting in more effort than everybody else and just trying to, and getting paid the same. So I was looking for a career where I could come in, I could put in as much work as I wanted to and kind of write my own paychecks and also compete with other people and try and be at the top. And that's what sales has really provided me when you joined Constant Contact. You came in, they were pretty well, well-structured sales ones at that point. What was the setup like coming in as a rep? That What was the infrastructure? What was the culture? What was the training and onboarding like? Yeah, so it was really cool. So the training and onboarding right away, they pulled us into a room for about a week to a week and a half. They let us do a mixture of going in that room, learning the process that they'd already set up here, it's down to a science. They know exactly what people are going to say whenever they, they knew back then, especially what people are going to say whenever they pick up the phone, how they're going to try and brush you off. They knew what they were going to say at the end of the call whenever they're trying to say, no, it's not going to be the right fit for us. So they taught us everything that people are going to say, taught us the best ways to overcome it. And then they let us go and sit with people on the floor so we could actually hear it in action. So I didn't make my first phone call until I think I was here um, it was probably close to seven days that I was here before I made my first phone call because they wanted us to really be ready and prepared for it. Awesome. And that's really great. It shows you the culture here is the culture of they want to train you, want to coach you, and they want you to be successful. And that was one of those things that I really took to right away. And then the culture of the competitive environment once you get on the phones. Um, I'd never been in a company where you could jump on the phones the first month. We were giving out raffle tickets, actually. So we have a location here in Loveland, Colorado. The other one's in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh, what they were doing was they were going to fly out one person from, or two people from Loveland out to Boston, and they were going to take them to a um, Broncos Patriots game. 
So they were giving out raffle tickets. And in my first month, I mean, I didn't think that there was any shot that I could win it, but I was going crazy. I was hammering the phones, asking everybody for all the feedback that I could get. And I got just enough raffle tickets to qualify. And I actually ended up winning it my first month. And from that moment on, I was hooked. I was the most competitive person you could imagine because you could win really, really cool things at this company. So that's fascinating. And how long, so that was a yeah. one month, um, was that competition, how long, how long the raffle last and, and what were the rules of it? It was for the first month, you had to hit your daily goal every day. Whenever you hit your daily goal, you got a raffle ticket. And then there was tickets for every single sale that you exceeded over daily goal. Um, I was a new hire, so I had a little bit of a lower goal than other people, but I did not have the most raffle tickets at all. And there was a couple of people that were top performers that definitely were a little upset, but <laughs> it was cool every single day. If you come in, you put in your daily goal and you overachieve on it, they wanted to reward us for that. I remember the uh, the one on one that I had with my manager where it really clicked that hey I can actually I can actually start winning these awards and I can compete to be the best here and I can compete for our presence club and it was in March and every single March we've done a March Madness here and right at the beginning of the month he sat me down he's like all right so you've been here for a couple of months what are your goals here and in the beginning of March is whenever people used to go to presence club and they had everybody on the floor where they handed out backpacks to them they handed out cups to them they handed out trophies. And I got to watch all these top performers go off on a great trip, come back with hands, talking about how awesome the trip was, showing all these pictures. And I told my manager, I want that. I want to be the person that gets to go on that trip. How do I make it happen? And he told me it starts with this month. We've got March Madness. You've got to win it. Um, he coached me up on the things that I wasn't doing on the phone call to be successful. And I took that coaching. I tried to implement it right away. And I won our March Madness contest that first month which was great. That was like, a, I think it was a $1,500 bonus that we got at that time. So it was really cool to get that. And I think I hit 136% that month. And to get to Presence Club, we had average 110%. So it was a great springboard. And from that moment on, the rest of the year, I made sure that I didn't miss 110% once. Just awesome. if I ever started slipping, if I ever felt like things weren't going well, first thing I did, I went to my manager, asked him, hey, what are you hearing in my phone calls? What am I doing differently? And on the phone calls and make sure that I try to stay consistent and do the exact same thing every single time. And that's what really drove me to success as a rep. So I made presence club after that first year, which was great. One rep of the year. And um, that's whenever the coaching opportunity came up. So interviewed for that. And I was lucky enough to get that role. There was a lot of really great people that went for it. And I brought the same philosophy that I had as a rep of do the same thing every single time and make sure that you're, that you're reaching out if you feel like anything's not not going the same way that it typically is. Um, coaching is such an important part of our culture. So we actually had dedicated coaches on the floor and their role was to work with all the reps on the floor. We weren't really designated to just one team. We would work with all the reps on the floor, anyone that was struggling, anyone that wanted a little bit of extra help to really help them develop a repeatable, consistent process that would drive results for them and get them to hitting goal and getting them to be eligible for the different awards. Um, that's what that role was. Yeah, and so your your only job were you walking around the floor? How are you finding coaching opportunities? Um, we would work with the managers. Um, usually, people would raise their hands, or the manager would actually ask us to to work with them with the rep. They'd say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this rep. This is what they need help with," and it it really allowed every single rep to get in depth coaching because a lot of the times, as a manager, you're you're juggling a lot of different things. So the ability to have a group of people whose only role was just to listen to people's phone calls, help them develop a plan to be successful and help them execute that plan was key. So the managers would let us know. And sometimes the reps would raise their hand. 
having no prior coaching experience, obviously, how, how did you quickly adapt to that? Oh man, my first month was, uh, my first month was rough. (laughs) Um, I think I went into it expecting that everyone's doing what I'm doing. Um, I just maybe do things a little bit differently. I thought that everybody was always following that process. And I think that was the one moment where I realized there's not enough people out there that are going in trying to do something consistent and repeatable on a daily basis. They're almost going into the call shooting from their hips. So that was a kind of a, a shock to me the first month, and I didn't really know how to, <laughs> how to handle that as much. So what I did is I just reached out to all the previous coaches, all the managers, uh, my site director, and just asked for feedback. Like, how do, I actually, uh, how do I actually make sure that I help people get back to a process? And they actually taught me a really great model of coaching that I've stuck with to this day. So the model is called WIN Coaching. Um, it's an acronym. So what happened, implications, next step. Um, it's actually just a really fancy way of saying <laughs> we ask people questions to guide them to uh, to guide them to the result we want them to get to. Gotcha. So instead of just force feeding someone the the answer, that's never going to work. If I'm just telling you you're not doing something right on the phone call, that's not your idea. You're never going to be bought in. You just feel like a lot of people almost feel attacked. They they feel like I'm telling them that hey you can't you can't do this. Um, you're doing this wrong, and all you're focusing on is a negative. But if you go in and you try to actually have a conversation with them about well, hey, what happened here? Oh, I lost, um, I lost the sale here. Well, why do, you, why do you feel like that happened? Oh, I didn't have enough value. And then you back it up into the customer discovery and help them realize, oh, I didn't actually find a reason why they should use constant contact. Um, that right there is that click moment. And if they have that click moment, the next step for you is you build, you build a plan. So um, you're trying to get them to connect the dot, essentially. <laughs> Once they connect the dot, you help them develop a plan to fix it. Then after you develop that plan to help them fix it, it's just regular reminders and regular check-ins to help them see success. And we're a metric-driven organization, and we have a metric that I know is going to connect to every single part of the phone call. Like if you're not getting into enough conversations, I know that's what, that what's happening is you're getting brushed off early in the call. Maybe you're not even getting someone to open up, or maybe you're just asking the wrong questions early on. And people are going to rush you off because your conversation doesn't have any value for them. So if I'm seeing that, I jump in their phone calls, I listen to it, I try and see if, if that's actually the problem. And if it is and I confirm it, then I, start, uh, then I start trying to find some good calls that I can bring the rep in on. I'll play that call, I'll ask them questions to guide them to the exact same conclusion that I found, and then start a coaching plan to help it stick. You use Salesforce, what's your, what's your current tools there that your reps use? So one of the biggest things, um, we use ambition, of course. So ambition gives us the ability to put our numbers in front of our reps all the time. So they're going to be able to see where they stack up versus everyone else in the company on a daily basis, a weekly basis, even a monthly basis. And they can separate or they can sort that down. They can see how many people they're actually talking to on a daily basis. They can see how long they're sticking on the phone. And we give them an activity score to track it. So they know if they're missing their activity score, that they're missing on something. And it gives them the, the ability to come and say, hey, I'm struggling, on, um, I'm struggling on my talk time. I'm not hitting that goal on a consistent basis. What can I do to make sure that, that I can get my talk time? The other thing that we use is just the Salesforce. Salesforce is great. It's got all the dashboards in the world. It's what we dial out of. So if there's anything specific that we need to be able to drill into, it's really easy for us to make a report, figure out the number, and get it in front of the reps. You've been a sales manager now for a year and a half. So you've got a team you're leading and uh, you're responsible for their output. What's the team like? What's the makeup like? How do you, you know, maximize them? And how do you 
you know, find new, like, what is your role now as a, as a manager, um, transitioning from a coach to a manager? Yeah, um, I've got a really, really great team right now. Um, we've just got a really great sales floor here, and I'm lucky to have a team of people that are, they're all really driven, and they're driven to be the best. They're constantly competing with each other. They're always wanting to beat each other. And that's one of the biggest things that if they want to improve, it's usually saying, hey, I want to beat, um, I want to beat Jesse, or I want to get ahead of Nick. I want to get ahead of Pablo. I want to get ahead of Matt. They're all trying to talk about getting better than the person around them. <laughs> what I'm looking for out of someone, I'm looking for someone that's hungry and competitive. And I want them to be able to tell me a clear reason why they want to be in sales. I want to see if they're willing to take ownership of their work. And I want to see that they're coachable. If you have those elements, you can be successful here at Constant Contact. So I'm always trying to look for that in interviews. But whenever you get here, we're always trying to we're always trying to just to feed that competition and keep it going. So your first month, we're putting you up against everybody else on the board, saying, "Hey, who's going to be the top? Who's going to be the top new hire this month? Who's going to beat everybody else?" And then as it grows, we start trying to put you up against someone that's a little more tenured here, saying, "Hey, I know that you've only been here a couple months, but..." you're beating this person all the right metrics. I think you can actually beat them on the, on the sales board. You were killing as a sales coach. You did that yeah. for a year and a half. And then um, you made your latest transition to sales manager. That was a year and a half ago. So what prompted that? And what was, what was that like? Yeah. So um, about a year and a half ago, we had a couple of managers that were really great that helped develop me. Um, that really took me to the wing and let me and helped prepare me for that next role. They actually moved on to really great things and they moved on to other companies and stepped up, um, took that step change in, a, in their role. And so that's what opened it up for me to be able to move up there. It's the people around me had already been developing me and helping me to be the best that I could at where I was. Um, and whenever it popped up, um, it put me in a really great position to go out and, and win that role. I was ready to start building a team and helping people be the best that they could possibly be. So as a sales coach, a lot of the time it'd be one month that I was working with someone and then they'd go right back to working with their manager. And I wanted to help develop people in their sales career as well. It's something that everyone had actually reached out and helped me do. And I wanted to do the exact same thing. I was ready to help people that were new to a role, figure out how to come into sales. I wanted to help them win, um, win those awards, win president's club, those things that you work with someone for an entire year. And I wanted to help develop them. So that whenever the next role pops up, they're a perfect person to fit in. And being a manager was a really, really great way to, to kind of have the broadest effect in the organization and the broadest effect with all the reps that come through. Describe your philosophy on sales management in terms of hiring, training, coaching, and retaining talent. What is your philosophy and how do you approach it? Yeah, so the philosophy of hiring, I touched on it a little bit early. Um, you want to find people that are hungry, that are competitive. They have a clear reason on why they want to do sales. And it's not going to be something like, oh, I like to, um, I like to support people or um, any of those things that just wouldn't be a fit for someone coming into a, to a high-performing environment. You're looking for someone that's like, hey, I want to come in. I want to compete. I want to win. I want something that's going to pay me for the work that I'm putting in. Um, I'm looking for that. And I'm looking for people that are coachable. And that's something that we test for in every single interview. So if you can find those, those people, then you're going to be successful. Uh, my philosophy of training and uh, really with everything is to keep it simple. So there's a lot. And one of the things that you hear people early on talk about coming into a company is the fire hose idea. of We're going to give you a lot. We're going <laughs> to change with the fire hose and you're just going to have to try and drink it all. And then we'll just keep giving you more later. Um, for me, it's keeping it simple. You just got to define what your sales process is, find the basics that need to be found and drill that in. So 
here for me, it comes down to two things that you need to make sure that your new hires are great at. Number one, can they, uh, can they close the bookends of the call? Which is, can they bypass that early brush off to keep someone on the phone? And can they close the deal at the end? Um, and the other, the other piece is, can they ask the right questions to find the purpose? The purpose on why someone should actually use your product. Um, if they can find those pieces, then your training is going to be really successful and they can come out the, come out the gate and, and get their feet underneath them. Then just to help become higher performing, that's where the coaching comes in. And the coaching is where I layered on. And I talked about when coaching is the process of ask them questions to come to their own, uh, to come to their own conclusion and help them develop a plan, uh, a plan to actually reach their goals. Um, when do, coaching doesn't always work, the other philosophy that I have, and if you have a top performing rep, you know that this is going to work, is feedback. So some people are going to recognize what you're doing. They're going to roll their eyes. They're going to be bought out of your coaching quickly. Those people typically, it means that they soaked in the training, and all you got to do is say, hey, you're not finding enough, um, you're find, not finding enough value in your customer discovery. Hey, you're forgetting to recap. Hey, you're over-presenting at the end. You can just talk to them right away, give them an example of a call, and then they'll go out there and implement it right away. So with coaching, I go with those two philosophies always, and it's, it's been treating me well so far. Keeping people from leaving, keeping people excited to stay, people like you to yes. stick around and, and grow the organization. How, what's your approach there? Yeah, to me, it's simple. You just have to value your reps and make sure that, that they know you value them. I value every single person on my team. I value every single person out there on the floor. You have to make sure that you truly do value them and you're not just seeing them as a number and someone that's trying to help you, um, someone that's helping you get to some kind of award like Presidents Club. You see them as someone that's coming in that you want to help develop and you want to help them help them win on a daily basis. So if you value your reps and they know it, people are going to stay around. How does the culture augment you to be able to, to do all this stuff? Yeah. Um, well, our culture as a sales organization, um, we're, we're a high-performing, high-volume telesales organization. So everything that we do, we try to make sure we're pointing it right back to that. And we actually live by a specific set of rules of the road. It's something that's really cool that's pretty unique to our organization. Um, and we have a mission statement right at the top. We're passionate about the success of small businesses and are motivated to drive real business results for our customers and to sell and win as a team. So we try and drive our culture around that. We try and make sure that everyone knows we're trying to drive results for these businesses. We're trying to win as a team. So what can we do to make sure that we're all coming together, sharing the best practices and putting up numbers for the organization? We have one of the best sales leaders out there in Lauren Chacon that has been leading our organization. And she's actually, uh, we're owned by a, a little bit of a larger company called Endurance. And she stepped up to run the sales operations for that company as a whole, including us. And this is one of those things that she brought to us that has really transformed, transformed our culture and points to something that all of us should be living towards every single day. I'm really lucky to be in a great organization full of a ton of great leaders. So whenever you ask like who my influences or who my influences are, I can actually just go to people in this organization and grow at any, at any given moment. So I mentioned Lauren Chacon, one of the best, uh, one of the best leaders that's really taught us a, a lot about how to, um, how to really build an organization of we care about our employees and we're going to drive it. Uh, we're all going to drive performance. Um, I've had really great leaders, my current director and that initial manager that I said and told me I should have just eaten the pin, Mark Alig. Um, he's taught me a lot about what it meant to be a sales rep, how to actually have that phone call. And he's actually teaching me a lot right now about how to, how to be a leader and how to develop as a leader. 
Um, we've had a lot of really great directors at the company, Logan Dell, Ashley Rouse, Dan Donovan, that I can reach out to at any moment, even the even if they're not here anymore, and they help me grow. Um, we're big on as a leadership team, growing from each other. We've got over here Jeff Hill, Jared Lerwick, O Schroeder, Tim Shea, um, even in the other side, Joe Lemieux, someone I reach out to all the time. Um, all those people have been really, really huge influences on me early on, and the things that you see me do. I've been picking up from them and trying to implement into my own process. Um, whenever I'm trying to improve, you can't do anything better than look around at the people around you as well and just ask them, what am I doing for you? So I actually reach out to reps that have been on my team all the time. Um, people like Tanner and Matt Hasso, they've been on my team for a while and I just ask them um, what I'm doing well for them and what they need me to do a little bit better, what they see me doing with other people. Am I coaching this person the right way? Um, and if you ask those people that are around you all the time, they're going to give you really great feedback and tell you what you need to be improving on. Um, the sales coaches here, they're invaluable. We have a, we have Keelan and Hannah out here. Um, whenever I was a coach, I worked with a bunch of different managers and I got to actually see how they handle their teams differently. So I asked them all the time, like, what do you see other managers doing that I can? Improve? So if you just reach out to the people around you, you can improve every single day. And I'd say that's the number one way that I improve as a sales leader. I think the number one challenge that we face um, is dealing with sales reps that break themselves daily. Uh, right now, there's just a huge amount of sales training and everything out there that people can go and read that don't necessarily line up to your process. You've got people that want to improve all the time, and a lot of the times they don't have process or they don't have they don't have confidence in themselves and their own process. So that I'd say is one of the biggest challenges. Um, another huge challenge is finding the right talent to bring in the door. That's something that we've been struggling with since I became a sales manager. And I think still to this day, it's one of those things where we're trying to find the right talent to bring in. Um, we talked about it a little bit, keeping talent engaged. It's not at all like it used to be. You can't follow the same old model. You've got you've to change it and you've got to involve. Um, and I think one of, the, uh, one of the biggest outside factors, not so much of within our walls, but one of the big things that's been going on is um, the demographics are changing. People aren't picking up the phone anymore. And as a modern sales leader in a telesales organization, that's one of the biggest problems that we're trying to solve. Um, yeah. What, what do you see the biggest opportunities being for people like you? Oh, man. Data is the biggest opportunity. <laughs> I'm so excited about the rise of big data and AI. It's going to make it so much easier to get in front of the right people at the right time. Um, before, like, especially whenever I first started, a lot of the time, it felt like making a dial was like throwing a dart at the wall and hopefully you're hitting something right. Now we're starting to get the data where lead scoring is starting to become a thing. Um, I know Salesforce has a big initiative with their, I think it's called their Einstein, mm -hmm. where they're telling you the right people to call at the right time based on a ton of different factors. Where are they signed up from? What's their area code? Um, what, where did they, uh, or what have they done in the product so far? They factor all these different things in and they're giving us the right people to call at the right time. So a sales call is it, oh, man, why is Ryan calling a sales call? Oh, great. I'm so glad you called. I've been looking to get this done. I think it was uh, – <laughs> I always love it with data. The one thing that comes to my mind, there was a Jay-Z song that came out a few years ago in the line, and it was uh, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, <laughs> which is – that's huge for us in sales. Because in sales, you can always point to a number and say – I'm successful. This is my number right here. This is, uh, this is how I know I'm successful. And with big data becoming a thing, you can look at the numbers and say, this is how I'm going to be successful. So I'm so excited about how we're going to be able to harness data and sales in the coming years.
We are running out of time here. Let me ask you this. Is there anything else we haven't covered? No, I mean, it's, it's easy, and I can point to one thing. It's, I said it early in the call. I've always tried to be the most coachable person in the building, and if you try to be the most coachable person in the building and you really want to get better, there's people around you that will help you and you will get better. So as long as no matter where you're at in the organization, you're always trying to get better and you're always going to be coachable and willing to take, uh, willing to take some criticism and willing to implement feedback, there's no limits to what you can accomplish. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. So can you tell people how to get in touch with you and how to learn more about how Constant Contact can help their business? Yeah, absolutely. If uh, people want to get in touch with me, they can just email me. Um, it's first initial R and then last name Taylor. So rtaylor at constantcontact.com. Um, or if you'd like me to talk about how email marketing can help you or just go through best practices and talk about how things are run at your organization, try to come up with some ideas, um, they can call me at 970 203 7849.